0: So this morning I want to talk about a topic known as minimalism can you say minimalism it is a huge area in the modern culture or in the corporates or in churches or in families they talk about minimalism but this topic really cannot be handled in 30 minutes I can barely scratch the surface but still I believe it will bless you it will be an eye-opener for you So this morning I would like to title my sermon as minimalism and Christian faith can you read that with me minimalism and Christian faith after a few weeks dealing with the series on growth we multiple times we talked about we all need to grow it is important we need to grow in multiple aspects and we need to prosper in our wealth after talking about all these things i think this sermon is required to balance the ph of money this sermon is very much required to balance the ph of money so if you can put the next slide and say what i really mean by minimalism minimalism is a lifestyle i can't read that slide okay minimalism is a lifestyle that focuses on simplicity, essentiality, and elimination of excess. Can you read that with me? It focuses on minimalism is a lifestyle that focuses on what? Number one, it focuses on simplicity. I want you to grab that, right? Just don't read. Just don't read. Just grab that meaning. Then, essentiality and the elimination of excess. In a broader sense, minimalism really encourages individuals to simplify their lifestyle to simplify their lifestyle by doing a couple of things number one by decluttering reducing material possessions and focusing on what truly matters to them how can you achieve this number one by decluttering decluttering your life Right, removing the decluttering simply means removing the unwanted things that are preventing, that are blocking. Number two, reducing material position and focusing on what truly matters. Minimalism helped us from getting trapped in the current consumer, from the current consumer culture. You know we are all living in a current consumer culture we see the commercial advertisement you know many things that are happening around us forces us but to acquire more property more wealth and more position minimalism is a tool that can really assist us in finding freedom in our lives freedom from our worry freedom from our fears Freedom from overwhelming situations, freedom from guilt, freedom from depression. Minimalism really helps us to come out of all these things. But we are living in a world that continually embraces more is better. What is what the world says? More is better. But minimalism is a concept that always goes to the back seat we won't talk about it we won't think about it but this morning we are here to listen from the Word of God with the help of the Word of God how Christianity is relevant to minimalism or minimalism is relevant to Christianity but today I'm interested in the concept of minimalism because Jesus lived a minimalistic life Jesus lived a minimalistic lifestyle one of the major resources I like you know, uh, uh, one of the main reasons I like this concept, as I said, it is because Jesus lived a minimalistic life. And as a follower, I took a look in the life of Jesus Christ and tried to understand how Jesus lived a life of minimalist. How as a human being, how to be, you know, to be a best human being on the face of this earth? Probably I can better understand by looking at the lifestyle that Jesus led when he was on the face of this earth. And by the way, the minimalism is still a concept for me. It's not that something I really practice in my life and come and teach you. It's a concept. I'm trying to apply that here and there. But it's still a concept to me. I haven't fully applied that in my life yet. But I am willing to take a look at this along with you. Probably it may, go in. It may, it may help us. It may help us. You know, that's, that's my position here right now. So I'm not really against wealth. Understand, don't misunderstand me. I'm not really against prosperity as Bible teaches about prosperity. We all need our basic necessities. We all need to have a house those who are living in the apartment have you ever thought how much mortgage you are how much rent you are paying every month and where that money goes it doesn't come back it doesn't belong to you anymore but whereas you put that money in as a mortgage that belongs to you so buy houses buy houses right even in even in Babylon God was asking the children of God to buy what houses buy your houses Buy your houses, right? Whatever minimum is required to get approved, you know, just go for it and buy your houses. Buy cars, all the appliances, all the gadgets that you may require, all the safety mechanisms, including if you want to put a security alarm in your house, just go ahead and do it. Just wait for, don't wait for the burglar uh, bur- thief to come, right? Just do it. Just do it, whatever you would like to do it. We are living in a materialistic culture right now. So I'm not against the material blessings that we have on the face of this earth. If you can put the next slide. But adding possession, next slide please. Adding possession, read with me. Working to earn more money, borrowing more than the ability to make monthly payments, take us away from doing the most important matters, that of priority for children of god can you read that again adding possession working to learn m- more money borrowing more than the ability to make monthly payments take us away from doing the most important matters that are priority for children of god david joannes if you can put the next slide david joannes is the founder and ceo of what is known as an organization known as Within Reach Global, which serves uh, to give gospel access to the, unrest, the to the restricted nations of the of the world. They want, he wants his organization wants to spiritualize the dead zones or the red zones of the gospel or the 2040 window of the for the gospel, mainly in Southern Asia, Southeast East Asia. So here's one of his articles. you know, it is just an alarming and warning article I just come across. I want to share that with you. How much money do Christians pull in and where does it go? That's the title of his article. How much money Christians pull and where does the money go? We are looking, going to look at some of the statistics before I get into the word of God. You know, before I get into actually opening up the scriptures for you this morning. Can you put the next slide? Can you read with me? Can try to understand? Christians make up to what? thirty-three percentage of the world population but receive, they receive how much? 53 percentage of the world's annual income and spend how much? 98 percentage of it on themselves. Who does this? Christians. People like you and me, you know, we get majority, more than 50 percentage of the world income and we spend 98% of the income on ourselves. Next slide. North American and European Christians spend, can you read with me, how much? 12.5 trillion. How many zeros? A trillion. Anybody? How many zeros in a trillion? Very good. 12? Very good, excellent. 12 zeros in a trillion. So uh, 12.5 trillion of themselves and their families each year, so North American and European Christians spend 12 points I mean, that's OK, they are spending on their families. Let's go to the next slide. Read this slide with me. Only 0.1 percentage of all Christian giving is directed towards mission efforts in the 38 most unevangelized countries in the world. What percentage? Point. One percentage, 0.1 percentage is what is sent to where? To the most unreached parts of the globe. And we are talking about evangelizing the rest of the world. If you can go to the next slide. American Christians spend 95 percentage of offerings on home-based ministry. American culture American Christians including let's say North American Christians spend 95% of offerings on home based ministry what we do inside the church buying your church building and you know doing mission work outreach work in the home based activity 4.5% on cross cultural efforts in already reached people groups you are with me in already reached people groups and how much goes to the unreach only Point 0.5 i mean this is very true that's why gospel is not advancing that's why you know we are, we are the missionaries are coming back they are unable to stay only point 0.5 percentage is reaching to the unreached group the final slide in this category can you put that slide next slide christians annual how income is how much 12.53 trillion dollars out of this 12.3 trillion dollars of the 50 or 35% of the Christian across the globe who gain 53% of the annual income, total income. Out of this 12.3 trillion dollars, 213 billion is given to Christian causes. We are talking about Christian annual income, right? Christian houses we are talking about. 213 billion is given to Christian causes. 11.4 billion is given to foreign missions. 87% of which goes to work being done among the already Christians. 12% goes to work among the evangelized non Christians. Only 1% among the unevangelized. We are living in plenty christian population across the globe are living in plenty you know this morning this is an alarming statistics that we just read the church is trying to figure it out its presence in the current context of this material world you know our effort from day to day effort from morning till evening is how can i fit myself and my family my home and my church in the current cultural context or in the material world believers have no idea of giving as giving is not preached in most of the churches now I was talking to a couple of pastors they say that our people don't tithe our people don't tithe we need to depend on the offerings that come on Sunday do you know that there are many POC churches they are doing much much worse than our church I thank God for all of you, you know, those who give in this ministry. There are many churches they are struggling. They are struggling and they try to preach and they get opposition, you know, when we they preach about tithing and preach about giving. Those who give are the ones who always give. Listen to me. And those who don't give, no matter what you say, they are not going to give. That's the kind of world that we are living in. The time is gone when people obey the word of God, but now the time has come that people oppose the word of God and they ignore the word of God. Oh, that's not me. They have a preset, you know, preoccupied mindset. It's all presets from their childhood, you know. Because I th- always thank God for my mom. You know, she taught me how to give tithes. When I, mean, I, I shared that a couple of times in this church. You know, when she, my dad brings that new, we get new cash. You know, new cash. As a, uh, he was working in an estate in Caroline, uh, you know, he get new cash and he brings a bundle of cash. You know, Total, it may amount to thousand two hundred dollars rupees or two thousand rupees. And my, my mom takes it. she opens the wooden bureau and she opens the drawer, keeps inside and counts and take one tenth and keep it aside. I saw that with my own eyes what your children are seeing today that's what they are going to do next when you are gone when your generation is gone what they see what you do is that what they are they are going to do in many churches it is not spoken that's what i think this sermon will be of help so as part of this sermon let's talk some of the ideas of minimalism and see what bible talks about it what bible says by the way i said it's, uh, as i said it's not my own concept i used a couple of resources to put together this sermon number one the power of less can you say that with me the power of less our society encourages us to have more our society our culture encourages us to have more advertisements that come we come across in cell phones in television in newspapers and flyers and as we get out of the home when we go to the shop advertisements They encourage us to purchase more. We tend to believe that spending more and purchasing more goods will improve our life. That's what we think. You know, I need one more television set in the other room. I need one more, you know, something else in the other room. We think that purchasing, acquiring more property, more position will improve our lifestyle, our lives. Next slide, if you can put that, please. But there is something known as the power of less. Can you read with me what is power of less? having fewer all of you read with me having fewer possessions not only declutters our homes it will also direct our resources towards what is precious and what is of priority that is what is power of less having few possessions not only declutters our whole houses it will also direct our available resources our time our effort our thinking our ability to conceive to conceive everything it will also direct our resources towards what is precious and what is of priority as he said jesus was a strong minimalist he was a strong minimalist if you can come with me this is what he said in matthew chapter 6 verse 24 he said this very clearly you cannot serve two masters can you say that with me you cannot Can you say that out loud instead of saying can you say i cannot serve two masters okay let's see the scripture what jesus says verse 24 matthew chapter 6 no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon mammon means financial wealth we cannot serve both god and the riches of this world jesus is very clear that our lives meaning is not found in accumulating wealth are you with me this morning are you with me this morning What Jesus said, Jesus, this is what Jesus said, Jesus said, the life meaning is not found by accumulating wealth. Are you with me? Somebody's thinking, oh my God, I was about to buy a house and what is he preaching now this morning? I was about to buy a car, what is he preaching this morning? I'm not talking about buying a car or buying a house, I'm not really talking about it. I'm talking about accumulating wealth and possession. You'll know in a little moment, you'll know what I mean really. Accumulating wealth is not really going to improve our lifestyle. We are told by Jesus, listen to me, we are told by Jesus not to gain the world at the expense of our souls. Do you know the scripture, next scripture, Mark chapter 8, verse 36, if you can read with me, for what, read with me, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? We are talking about Jesus, a minimalist. Some point of time, a rich ruler came to Jesus. And what did he say? He said, you are a good teacher. You are a good teacher. And Jesus was doubtful. Why do you say that I am a good teacher? If anybody comes and tells me you you are a good preacher, I doubt you first. (laughs) Why do you say that? I asked the same question why do you say that why do you say that if you have some reason to say that why do you Jesus asked him what do you say that and he said he asked Jesus I want to go to the kingdom of heaven I want to go to heaven what is the method what is the shortcut that I can follow to go to kingdom of heaven and Jesus answered saying that you need to follow all the commandments what are those commandments whatever you read in Exodus chapter Come on, Exodus chapter? Exodus chapter? You all need Sunday school. Next week, we send everybody to Sunday school, okay? Exodus chapter 20, right? Exodus chapter 20. All the commandments. And Jesus said, you follow. And he said, from my childhood downwards, I am following all the commandments, sir. Then what Jesus said? Go and sell all your possession and give it to them and that fellow went sadly because he did not want to do it in that context we read the scripture Jesus and when he left Jesus turned to his disciples a teaching moment a teaching moment see what Jesus said Matthew chapter 19 verse 23 can you read with me then Jesus said to his disciples "Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven what does it mean we all try to become rich. We all try to possess more. We all try to accumulate more. Jesus is looking at you and saying this same scripture. Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Does it mean that Jesus is partial? Does it mean that? In verse 24. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Let's leave that camel there, okay? Let's not worry about which camel it is. Let's move further. Christian minimalism is about removing that which gets in the way of living a godly life. Listen to me. Christian minimalism is to remove what gets on our way to live a godly life on this earth God has called us to do certain things in our lives. And if we allow the earthly possession to come in the middle, it will deviate us, it will take us away from living the life that, for which God has called us. God has already called us to put our whole life, put our whole being, put our whole heart, not to accumulate more stuff, but into building a relationship with the and by serving our Lord Jesus Christ, let's go to another scripture, Matthew six nineteen to twenty one. Jesus said this very clearly: Do not lay up your for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Can you read the verse twenty with me? But read with me. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal verse 21 for where your treasure is there your heart will also be you know jesus is trying to teach us this morning it's there is nothing wrong in having wealth and possessions what is necessary for our living in this current culture People across the land, they may not need what you need in this to live in this world. We need, certainly we need, I'm 100% with you. I need that, you need that. If you don't have that, your life will be miserable. Because we are living in a kind of culture, kind of materialistic world. And we need to accommodate ourselves to live in that situation. But Jesus is saying, if you feel that any of your position is coming in the middle and taking you away from the call of God in your life... It's better to minimize. It is better to minimize. So what we are trying to say here is the power of less. So it says, if you want to summarize, having less less really helps us to focus on things are priority and precious in nature. Having less will really help us to focus on things that are precious and of priority in nature. Nature. Number two, let's move further. You know, I'll be kind of uh, uh, squeezing it down and as I go down to each section, that's what I'm planning to do this morning. Number two, the real wealth is tangible. Sorry, intangible. What does it say? The real wealth is what? Intangible. What does it mean? The real wealth is not this one. The real wealth is not car. Real wealth is not my house. Real wealth is not somebody which can touch and feel. But the real wealth is intangible. You know money can be spent on better things than on material possessions listen to me if you can put the next slide we see the dic- dictionary meaning of wealth this is what the dictionary says the dictionary says it defines wealth as this way number one it defines abundance of value can you read with me help reading with me abundance of valuable material possessions or resources or abundance supply all property that has money value or an exchangeable value that is what is wealth that is what is wealth so we are talking about real wealth is need not be tangible it is intangible we can put the next slide the real wealth is defined in terms of financial or material resources well, that's how the wealth is defined if you go to a bank if they calculate your net worth you know they put all the financial things and all the tangible things you own they won't ask you you know what is your degree what ministry you are involved in how many books you read they are not going to ask all these intangible questions that's how the world defines but there are other things in the world that we should desire Abundance supply is a couple of these things that you may see in the screen. What are those things you see? Relationships. Love. Faith. Impacting people. Adding value to people. And helping others. They are the real wealth. They are the real wealth. You know, we are living in a materialistic world. It may be difficult for us to understand what we are talking about. Rather than abundance and riches in material wealth, we should prefer riches in relationships. We should, prepare, we should prefer relation, wealth in faith. We should prefer you know, wealth in love and other, other things which are intangible. Jesus considered relationship more than the material wealth. This morning I want you to listen from me. Your relationship is important. Your relationship in your family is very important. He developed his relationship. He lived as a minimalist. In three different areas number one he spent time with his disciples can you come with me to mark chapter 9 verses 30 and 31 can you read quickly then they departed from there and passed through galilee and he did not want anyone to know about it verse 31 for he taught his disciples and said to them the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him and after he is killed he will rise on the third day you know that's what he was telling to his disciples so in order to spend time with his disciples jesus took them away took them away you know we are talking about material wealth our wealth is not really tangible it is intangible one of the intangible aspect that we are talking about is your relationship the question is Are you spending with someone you consider he or she is valuable in your life? May it be your friend, may it be your spouse, may it be your children, or may it be your church fellow believers, or may it be someone that you consider they are so precious in your life. Jesus spent time. John chapter 3, verses 22. Can you read from NIV? Reading from NIV. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the, the Judean countryside where to spend some time with the disciples Jesus took time to disciple, spend time with the disciples you know today God that's what God expects God wants us to spend time with disciples yesterday evening we had a potluck Saturday evening service why do you think that I was hanging around here I was not doing anything I was not doing anything at all I was needed Stella asked me to pray the last prayer and that she could ask somebody else to pray I was not needed the reason I was just hanging around is I can talk to some of you I can spend some time with some of you because I consider that as a valuable position that I possess Jesus not only with his disciples he spent time with this with sinners are you with me Jesus spent time with whom with sinners let's read a couple of scriptures here mark chapter 2 verses fifteen and 16 can you read with me can somebody somebody read (laughs) yeah Mm mm-hmm and they followed him. Read it. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus made it a point to go and sit with the sinners. Same teaching go and sit with sinners. Don't always sit with fellow believers, it's not helping anybody. You come to church on Sunday morning and sit inside the church not helping anybody you may get spiritually enriched that's okay or you may encourage one another but go out and sit with the sinners they need in Jesus more than we need in our lives we have everything already we know everything already we know the way to go to heaven they do not know they do not know Jesus spent as a minimalist he took, he did not sit in front of the TV or he did not sit in front of the con, he did not go to a conference and spend three days there he went to sinners, he went to sinners not only with sinners, he spent time with God, Mark chapter one thirty-five. now in the morning have risen a long while before daylight what time Jesus woke up everyday morning 4 o'clock what time what say out loud, I can't hear before daylight okay before daylight what time you get up after daylight (laughs) before noon when the breakfast is ready right see how the church is today how we have deviated away from what Jesus used to do it's worth looking at his minimalistic lifestyle and he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He had a relationship with his father. The materialistic world around him did not stop him. You may say that there was no television, there was no internet, there was no WhatsApp. First time, first thing what do you see when we get up in the morning, you see what WhatsApp. Yeah, pastor will also see that. <laughs> I will also see that who has message, right? Whether somebody is in need I see that with that aspect or someone is in the hospital any update from them Right, what is going on okay then I go to the other groups right to see what this is going on right so look at the lifestyle that Jesus had morning precious time he spent with his father relationship is very important Jesus focused on his ministry relationship with others sharing the good news of the gospel serving others Taking his health, taking care of his health by taking enough rest. Jesus, in that three and a half years when he ministered, he took enough rest, which at times we failed. I fail, you know. We all fail to do that. Yesterday, someone was talking to you, talking to me, and telling that you know, all that he went through is, you know, because you do not have enough rest. You are into too much, too many things. I said, I am trying to get back there as soon as possible. Right, and he too, re- took rest. He ate well. Jesus ate well. Minimalistic lifestyle. So, minimalism teaches that real wealth is not money or accumulating possession. It is a relationship, love, faith, the impact that we can make on people, the value that we can add on others, and also how we can serve others. Third aspect contentment cannot be purchased. Society always tells us that we will be happier if we have more. That's the mindset of people today. But all these wealth lead to discontent. Discontent. If you can put the next slide. Accumulation of wealth leading to discontent. Can you read that with me? But the endless pursuit of more read with me. Only leaves us feeling empty and dissatisfied. What? Can you read that again? The endless pursuit of more only leaves us feeling empty and dissatisfied our overly cluttered closets open the closets and see that's true in everybody's life are you with me in my life too this morning I was trying to find you know, what inner wear I can wear and you know in my under my shirt in order to reach there I need to pull out all the stuff first and throw them in the bed and then I could reach there and I said, Afternoon, I will come and I will, I'm going to unclutter my closet. So, this is what our overly cluttered closets read with me garages and storage units stand as a visible proof of our ongoing discomfort. When you come inside the house, when the house is cluttered with so many things, you don't really feel like entering into the house. And your attention is drawn to many things inside. Jesus is talking about the minimalistic lifestyle that you need and I need. Jesus says, this is what he says, true contentment cannot be purchased at store. You need to find that elsewhere. Where can we find the true contentment? Can you come with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6-10? through 10? Can you read that quickly with understanding? Can you read with me? All of you read with me. Now godliness with contentment is great gain godliness really helps us to find contentment contentment is what is what is contentment getting satisfied with what is given what we have verse 7 for we brought what nothing into this world and it is certain that we carry nothing outside out and having food and clothing With these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich, what? Those who desire to be rich, what? Fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Having money is good, not having love of money. Not having love of money. Habakkuk chapter 3, prophet Habakkuk says in verses 17 and 18, can you read with me beautiful scriptures? Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the wines. Though the labor... Of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Godliness and rejoicing in the Lord will lead to contentment. So, minimalism teaches that contentment cannot be purchased. Contentment is not in the wealth that we have on the face of this year, contentment is through godliness. And by rejoicing in the Lord. Number four, let's talk a little bit about the riches of giving. The riches of giving. 80% of the population in this world, or 80% of the population, believe acquiring wealth is richness. But they do not know richness is found in giving. We are talking about a minimalistic lifestyle known as the richness of giving. The form of richness that satisfies our soul is not by receiving, it's by giving. There is power in giving. Can you come with a couple of scriptures? Proverbs chapter 11, 24. Can you read with me? There is one who scatters yet increases more, who loses, who gives away. That's what scattering means. But it increases. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The more we hold in our lives, the more poor we are going to become. Are you with me this morning? I want you to understand this biblical concept. Can you come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul writes in verse 6. Can you read with me? But this I say, he who, what? So sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly, not much. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves the cheerful given and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Giving brings more blessing than receiving. You know, I have heart pain every time when I receive something. Really. You all blessed me last week, last last Sunday, with some offerings because you love me and appreciate what I do. But when I received that offering, I was not happy at all. It always, when you give something in my hands, that really doesn't help me. It helps me, but you know, I, I really have a heart pain at that moment. But my heart rejoices when I give out something. Now I'm going to share a little bit about my from my example. I always share the testimony. When God, you know, when when I was uh, in full time before I got into full time ministry, I was working full time in in my in with the corporates. When I came into full time ministry, I carried a debt of forty thousand dollars. Twelve years before, twelve years before. I came into ministry with $40,000 because the job, the career was not at all a blessing for me. That's why I see that probably I missed God's calling at some point of time. And I was trying to gain more in my materialistic world. Any of you go through that scenario in your life? Never, your job is never a blessing for you. That means God has an eye on you. God has an eye on you. And when I came into this ministry, within a year, the 40000 got healed. Church did not pay. Church paid only $800 per month as a salary. That cannot add up to $40,000. It shielded God Shielded God, the debt got, got removed by different means. Within a year when I came to ministry, God removed every, everything. Always giving is a blessing because I decided to give my own life. I decided to give my own life for the cause of heaven. I can share another testimony that happened last week every week is a testimony because i'm a giver we are givers and i want to proclaim that in the front of god we give we really give last week my testimony of giving every year we give thousand dollars to a ministry in u.s who do church planting in india and that family is part of joy's prayer conference network so we are kind of obligated to give that money so last week I'm supposed to give. I'm supposed to give every month. I delayed till October, and Joy was behind me. You know that, right? She's always behind me. Send that money. Send that money. So I logged in all the accounts that I have: PayPal, this, PayPal, that, Paul, Everything I have, logged in everywhere, and scraped all the amount that I had, and I sent him thousand dollars. Brother, sorry, I'm late, but this is all, this is my offering for this year. Just take it. And. The very next day, we never expected somebody walked into our house with an offering envelope in their hands, saying that, "Pastor, God wants me to give this money to you." And I uh, you know, as usual, my heart pain increased, heart uh, heartbeat increased. Money, I'm I'm not used to that. I don't take money from pa- hands. You know, I'm not that kind of pastors. I said, "Go and put it in the offering box." Exactly, sir, told the same thing. Go and put it in the offering box. My wife always tells that if somebody wants to bless you, don't ever reject that, don't ever refuse, because they want to bless you, and it's a blessing for them. Why, how dare you are to reject that? And I took that in, and I looked at her account in our church, that person's account. There are a lot of pending tithes for that person. I said, first I'm going to pay all your tithes, all pending tithes. I was happy. And if there is anything remaining, yes, I will take it as an offering towards me. And I paid all the tithes for the whole year for that person. And the remaining amount is $200 more than what I gave in the previous day. You know, God is a giver. God is a giver. I want you to try if your business is not flourishing if you are not able to come up in your life try to give not because he gives he will give it anyway because he's not adapted to anybody he will give it he will give it back whatever means he will give it back but god word of god says try and test god in this matter in this matter try and test god do you have the courage to test god in this way i will give it no matter what it takes i will invest in the kingdom of god i'm not saying that bring your money here to this church I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. We need money, but we are not forcing you to give. Bring it into this into this church. Give, invest in the kingdom of God. You will never, you will never like any good thing. Minimalism teaches the richness of giving. Finally, number five, minimalism sparks spiritual growth. Minimalism leads to spiritual growth. I wanted to teach really practically for a few minutes before we close. For example, God has given us a house before. I came into full-time ministry, otherwise I would not have never bought a house. I'm able to continue the same mortgage. The company is so so, so, you know, so so, generous, so I'm able to continue the same mortgage. So we have a house by the grace of God, right? So now, not because we have the house, we need... Now, now that because we have a house, I need to take time to maintain the house. And if I don't maintain the house, I need to cut the grass and you know, I need to shovel the snow, whatever it takes. I need to clean and all. maintain the house. If I don't maintain, I will lose more money in the coming days. It's causing, going to cost me additional expense. But house is a basic necessity. Now, let, let, me, let me put my position in this way. I'm talking about myself. The same may not be applicable to you, but it may be applicable to you in a different way. Now I want to buy another house. I mean, you can go ahead and buy your house, a second house, I'm not against it. I'm still talking about my context. I want to buy another house. Now if I buy another house, I need additional time to maintain that house. Where do I have time? Now I like to go in the ocean to fish, and my brother is thinking about buying a boat. I would like to buy a boat too. I can buy a boat and go out in the ocean and do fishing and you know entertainment and all those things. I can refresh myself and all this. But where do I have the time? If I go and do it, eventually I spend more less time towards the ministry. If I start doing it, I'm going to stop visiting some of you, stop meeting some of you, stop praying for some of you. I can't teach the good things that I've been teaching during the week. I will not have time for this. I will not have enough time to prepare my Sunday morning service because I can't find the extra time. Eventually, I will lose the relationship with God same thing is true in your life minimalism sparks spiritual growth can you read one scripture mark 8 36 mark eight thirty-six. can you read with me for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul minimalism helps spiritual growth the more wealth we acquire the more time we need to maintain May it be property or things or additional gadget or whatever we want to buy. We lose our family time. We lose time to care for our children. We lose time to do work in the kingdom of God. We lose time to serve others what God wants us to learn to live with the basic necessities. Learn to live with the basic necessities so that you can focus. Your priority will be on something which is really required for you to perform are you to spend your time valuable time with minimalism helps shall we all arise this morning as i quickly summarize we are just going to pray in a moment we said all these things having less really helps us to focus on things that are precious and of priority what is precious those who are having children your children are so precious Next to God, I would put them in the first list. Of course, your spouse is important. And next to your spouse, I put your children in the priority list. Yesterday, we had a good time of interacting with the 22 kids from across the globe in a forum. What an amazing time that was. A 10-year-old is asking me a question, how do I handle myself if my teacher body shamed me in front of the kids and she started crying? You know, this is what your children are going through today. This is what exactly your children are going through. They need your time. They need your time. God is talking about minimalistic approach to all that we do. Secondly, we learn minimalism teaches and reveals, teaches that real wealth is not money or accumulating possession. It is a relationship. It is love. It is time to serve. It is time to seek God. Thirdly, minimalism teaches that contentment cannot be obtained from wealth. Contentment is through godliness and by rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord simply means happy, being happy with what is given, having contentment. Minimalism teaches this richness of giving. Minimalism also helps spiritual growth.